Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Well, the college football season has come to end end. Welcome in and thank you for joining us. It is college football overtime. I'm your host, Abe Gordon. I am Roar riding solo today. Unfortunately, uh, Garrett Chapman, a little bit under the weather. Uh, and it's a rough day for him to miss because we have an incredible amount of content to get to. Obviously, Michigan wins the national championship. We're going to break down and reset what happened on Monday night in a moment. Uh, but the breaking news of the day taking place late on Wednesday afternoon uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, Nick Saban, the legendary Alabama and LSU and Michigan State, and you can go through all the jobs and the accolades, finally has decided to step away from the SEC and retire. Uh, and that leaves us with an, an incredible amount of questions uh, that do remain, and we're going to dive into all of that a little bit later on here in the podcast. Uh, but but you know, I do want to follow the plans we had originally, which was to break down the national championship game. So let's get started there, and we're going to dive back into Saban after that. I have plenty of thoughts on what's going on at Alabama and what the next steps are uh, for the Crimson Tide. First off, Monday night, Michigan takes home a national championship, uh, and they do so with a really impressive showing. Uh, They absolutely, and, and I know for a while it felt like the game was close, and then it got out of hand late. Uh, but they do end up winning uh, 34-13, a, a big margin there in the fourth quarter. They outscore the Washington Huskies 14-0 in the fourth quarter. And what this came down to on a number uh, of facets was the difference in what we saw from Michael Penix against Texas and what we saw from Michael Penix against Michigan. And, and there's a lot of angles there. Obviously, we talked about it. It's going to be tougher for Penix because the Michigan secondary is much better than the Texas secondary. We knew Texas gave up big plays. Michigan, not so much. That played itself out. Also, the ability of Washington to handle the Texas front didn't quite do as well against Michigan. They did only allow one sack, but you saw Penix. He was under pressure all game long. He was hit multiple times. In fact, we did see uh, some remnants of some injury Uh, or playing hurt, a lot of grabbing of the ribs or the hip area uh, after some of those hits. Again, they weren't sacks, but contact was made. So it it goes back to what Garrett and I had talked about Monday morning. And you look at some of the things that Michigan does well, and they showed up in this game. Uh, I know Blake Corum went for over 100 yards, 134 to be exact. He had his two touchdowns as well. But it was really Donovan Edwards who stole the show early and often, I guess, for two of those touches, 40-plus yard rushing touchdowns twice in the first quarter. That that proved to be the big separation between these two teams. 
Washington's defense actually settled in and, and did a good job against J.J. McCarthy, but the early rushing attack and then the late rushing attack proved to be too much. Um, and, and look, we can credit the Michigan offense scoring 34 points. I, I had said it's going to have to be over 20. It certainly was that by the end of the day. But this, to me, was really about the defense for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Michael Penix dropped back 51 times. Uh, completion percentage was down. Uh, completed just 27 of the 51 passes. He had an interception to start the second half. Two interceptions overall with just the one touchdown. And, and the key was two big throws that he ended up missing early on. Uh, there was a fourth and goal that, uh, look, it, it looked bad at the end of it. When he threw it, the receiver was not open. It turned out the receiver did come open as he was letting go of the ball. If you could have that back, certainly you would. Uh, and then there was another throw, which Penix just simply missed, would have been uh, open for a touchdown. So a, a tough go accuracy-wise for Michael Penix in this one. And the other aspect, we had questions. You had to. Dylan Johnson, how healthy was he going to be? It turns out not healthy enough to aid Penix and the offense for the Huskies. He gets the ball on the first play. He, he immediately gets stepped on. He hurts the one ankle that was working well. Uh, ended up with 11 carries, 33 yards. Again, a lot of that is because of what Michigan was able to do defensively. So Michigan comes home with a 34-13 to 13 win. Uh, and, and immediately, the questions began. Uh, what are we looking at in terms of Jim Harbaugh? What are we looking at in terms of J.J. McCarthy? Is he possibly going to uh, turn pro? Um, it, it was an outstanding season from the Michigan Wolverines. You do wonder how some of the off-the-field stuff is going to impact how we look back at the season. They had 15-0 and later on. Connor Stallions, uh, Harbaugh missing half of the team's regular season games due to suspension, stuff like that. Uh, look, people are going to ask, I personally don't think it matters because the games were played and we saw what happened. People are going to ask, uh, is there potential of this um, championship, this banner eventually being stricken due to um, the scandal, stuff like that. It, it doesn't really matter to me. We all know who played and who won the games. Uh, and full credit to the Michigan Wolverines for doing what they did. Uh, and, and Garrett was right. Uh, Garrett was right about a lot of the, the, the factors in this game. I, I was on top of this as well. Uh, I, I mean, we talked about how teams could win, who needed to have big games. And what it really boiled down to was Michigan's players uh, played as a unit. Um, I, I don't think anyone was extremely special as a standout standalone player. Uh, like I said, Donovan Edwards early Blake Corum late. Uh, they both go over a hundred yards, 134 for Corum, 104 for Edwards. Both have two touchdowns. Uh, JJ McCarthy was efficient, uh, threw for 140 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 10 of 18 uh, on the night for him. So, um, again, just don't cost your team the game. Let the defense and run game ride yourself to a national championship. And that's what happened for the Michigan Wolverines. It was a very complete effort. Um, the, the game was competitive. And you go back to the end of the first half, coming into halftime in Washington, coming out into uh, the second half. They received ball, but Penix immediately throws an interception. There was a chance there. When uh, the score was, what was it, 17-10 going into half, Washington had just scored a touchdown. 
They come out with the ball, an opportunity to potentially go down the field and tie the game. Penix gets contacted. His own offensive lineman steps on him as he's trying to release a ball uh, into the flat, and and it gets picked off, and and Michigan pretty much rolls from there. So that was the big difference in the game, the two interceptions for Penix, but specifically the one coming out of halftime. Michigan, again, defensively and run game got the job done. They were able to put pressure on Michael Penix and affect what he was able to do and affect what Washington was able to do. There was not time for the Huskies to do what they do down the field. Roma Dunze had 87 yards, five catches, just a 17.4 average. He did have one long one, uh, 44 yards, but that was the longest one by far. You you look at some of the other playmakers for Washington. Jalen Polk, his longest reception, 15 yards. Jalen McMillan, his longest reception was 12 yards. Uh, Jack Westover had one as well, but his longest reception, just 12 yards. So uh, outside of uh, Roma Dunze and the 44-yarder, nothing over 15 yards down the field for um, for Washington. And, and that was the name of the game for them. Find a way to create big plays. Unfortunately for them, it did not happen. And Michigan is your 2023 national champions. The last team to win the national champions out of a four-team playoff field. Congratulations, to the Wolverines. And like I said, they now face a couple of questions. Jim Harbaugh, is he going to the NFL? A lot of people believe so. If that is the case, does J.J. McCarthy follow him? I personally don't believe J.J. McCarthy is quite ready yet. It would be incredibly difficult for him to be one of the top four uh, quarterbacks taken in this draft, uh, even with his stellar combine. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to him. If Harbaugh does leave, I would have to imagine that Sharon Moore is handed that job. Um, if not, it could be a wild, wild coaching carousel. And I say that to get to this next story. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Alabama head coach Nick Saban has announced his retirement. It, it, it was something we had talked about over the past 18 months. Um, for a while, it looked like the Alabama program was slipping. They find themselves in the playoffs this year. We we, we jokingly referenced Nick Saban buying a beach house a, as a sign that maybe his mind was elsewhere. Um, but, but finally, uh, a comment that Nick Saban made um, – heading into the playoffs about how much the game has changed. He said it changed more in the last three months or excuse me, three years than probably the 20 years before it. Uh, And ultimately Nick Saban legendary head coach at Alabama has decided to retire and boy, Oh boy, if the potential of uh, Michigan losing Harbaugh, the, 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 the winningest program in college football history wasn't enough. We now have the second winningest program in college football history, Alabama, looking to replace a legend. And it's an interesting scenario because for the longest time, all we ever heard about Alabama was no one will ever be as great as Bear Bryant. Lo and behold, Nick Saban comes in, um, and I think a lot of people uh, would be passing that mantle to Nick Saban 
uh, as the greatest of all time at this point in, in his career. Six national championships there um, and, and an incredible run that is coming to an end. And now you have to start asking the questions. What is next for the Alabama Crimson Tide? And there's a lot of angles on this. I'm going to get to the coaching angle in just a moment, but I will say this. I expect this coaching uh, decision, um, the process, et cetera, to be done very, very quickly. And I say that because, because of Saban retiring, the transfer portal is back open for Alabama players. We know how talent-rich a roster that is, and you know darn well that coaches are waiting to talk to players or their representatives or hoping to see guys enter the portal with a head coach not in place there at Alabama. So I do expect this hire of a new head coach at Alabama to be done very quickly. You have got to stem the possibility of multiple high-level players four-star, five-star guys transferring because Nick Saban is no longer the guy in charge there. With that said, who is the guy that will be in charge there? I've seen a lot of names. Let's start here because I I think you have to ask the question. He will almost assuredly, I cannot imagine a world in which he does say yes. He's going to say no to this job. He's probably, at this time of the recording, already said no to this job. You have to ask Kirby Smart. It's a very quick phone call, in my opinion. Greg Byrne dials him up. Anything we can do to get you here? Sorry, man. I'm good. And we move on. And that's where the intrigue begins, because we've seen Dan Lanning's name tossed around. I jokingly mentioned Pete Carroll is kind of back on the market. Um, obviously I don't think you're, you know, replacing one 72 year old with another 72 year old. Um, but, uh, Hey, I mean, Pete Carroll has won a national championship at college and the NFL level, but, but there are a lot of options. It'll be very interesting to see where Alabama eventually, uh, eventually settles. I don't imagine the buyouts are going to be an issue. A, a lot of these coaches, especially ones that have signed in recent years, like Dan Lanning, um, uh, have big buyouts. I think it's $20 million. Uh, I just saw uh, something earlier. Uh, Dan Lanning's buyout's $20 million. Um, Dabo Sweeney's is only $7.5 million. But is that a guy that at this point in his career with the, with the apparent slide of Clemson that Alabama fans want? Who does the Crimson Tide Nation want at this point? I, I think... Sure, maybe Dan Lanning would be a good hire. Um, Obviously spent some time in the SEC, knows the conference, and has done very well in his time at Oregon to keep that as a top program. They fell just short ultimately this season of getting into the college football playoffs. But, um, you know, would that be a good hire? I'm surprised that the first instinct wasn't a lot more of Lane Kiffin To me, that's the guy that makes sense. I think he's done an outstanding job at Ole Miss, and I understand he hasn't been able to get them to a top-tier program like Alabama, like Georgia. Uh, But he obviously has ties there in Tuscaloosa. Um, I think he's the right type of head coach for today's game. I do think you need a much more offensive-minded head coach. Ultimately, you look at Alabama this year, the lack of an explosive offense, a reliable offense, a quality offense is what costs them. Um, And and you look at Ole Miss, it's the flip side, obviously, a lack of a reliable defense, 
a defense that that can at times either keep you in games or win you games that ultimately cost him. I, I think they had enough on the offensive side of the ball. So it, it, it to me, Lane Kiffin with, with someone who can keep the defensive side of the ball strong would be the go-to, but we're, we're going to have to wait and see. There's all sorts of names being tossed about uh, Mike Norvell uh, at Florida state, uh, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, James Franklin, at Penn State, we mentioned Dan Lanning, Dabo Sweeney. I mentioned Lane Kiffin. Um, th- there's all sorts of names. It's going to be a wild carousel, um, but I do think it gets done quickly. Uh, again, to me, this is um, an important aspect that they get someone in there um, probably within 36 hours. I think this is a very quick phone call. Um, if it is Dan Lanning, it- it- it's about the buyout, and I think the Alabama – uh, boosters will will figure that out pretty quickly. But we sit here and honor the legacy of Nick Saban. Um, obviously, we are interested in who comes next, but a, a look back at what he has accomplished is, is simply incredible. There, there's just no way to explain how prominent and important a figurehead he's been since leaving the Miami Dolphins and returning to the SEC. Uh, not just in restoring the Alabama program, to to the blue blood a-list program that they've been since he's been there but uh, again this was bear bryant um there's bear bryant avenue uh bear bryant stadium um bear bryant street there you know there's probably all sorts of bear bryant stuff there's statues uh there in tuscaloosa but now there's saban as well you've got nick saban field at Bryant Day, you know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild to think that a guy like Saban, anyone could, could come to where there is a legendary figure and match and surpass the accomplishments of that in this day and age where I do think it's tougher to win national championships. Cause I do think the competition uh, you're dealing with a lot more of it, but uh, Nick Saban uh, has decided to step away from the Alabama program. Uh, you know, whether or not the programs can sustain long-term, um, I think that's an interesting discussion. And, and I think that's one we'll be diving into once we know who the head coach is. The question I have is whether they can sustain next year. Um, you're dealing with a 12-team playoff. You probably had your quarterback set. But again, the transfer portal is open. I don't know if Jalen Milrow is going to be interested in going elsewhere. Um, or, or if he's happy to stay at Alabama, uh, not having Nick Saban is going to make every single player who's on campus right now think uh, about what's best for their future. I, I think it's a very easy discussion to say Nick Saban's the best coach in college football at preparing me for the NFL. I think Kirby Smart has taken that mantle a little bit as well. Is there going to be the faith and trust that this next guy is going to be the best guy to prepare me for the NFL is Alabama, the best situation to prepare, prepare me for the NFL. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about the, the chance that they're going to have to recruit at that level to keep. I'm talking about right now, the guys that are in the program, how many of them are asking that question on a one-year basis, Jalen Milrow, potentially one year away from heading to the NFL. So um, if you're completely starting over with a new quarterback, uh, Jason McClellan has already announced that he's going to be turning pro um, boy, it, it, it is a tough, tough road for this to happen. And and this is also where we get into the timeline of the college football season. If Saban makes this announcement 
a little bit earlier. Maybe Alabama gets a coach a little bit earlier. Um, and they can attack the portal properly. Maybe Jalen Milrow does decide to leave. Could they have gotten someone out of the portal? But as it stands now, it's going to be very tough um, to, to take advantage of the portal a lot. Uh, probably going the other way, unfortunately. Um, so some serious concern. There has to be some serious concern about Alabama losing players to the portal um, and then having a, a really tough time replacing those players. It's just about the quality of players that's available right now, who's already committed and, and signed out of the portal elsewhere and what is still around. But uh, look, we're, we're going to talk about it all offseason. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy that this does somewhat overshadow Michigan's national championship, which just happened a couple of nights ago. Um, but Nick Saban stepping away from the game is some of the biggest coaching news, probably since Nick Saban returned to the game. Uh, I, I mean, you try and think um, who's come and gone uh, at the various stops, and and it's uh, few and far between um, the the rattling uh, of this program and, and what is next for Alabama. And uh, you know, for those of you who say it's Alabama. It's it's going to be OK. Uh, I, I mean, look, I, I think we know what happened um, before Saban and, and what happened for that head coaching search and the Mike Shula era. So uh, and I've had this question uh, about every program and I feel this way about every single program. I think you're seeing it right now with the Florida Gators. Um, we could be facing that uh, in, in short order with Clemson. Um, any program, you name the powerhouse, it doesn't matter to me. Um, you're one bad coaching hire away from being back to just one of the pack. Um, with Nick Saban, Alabama stepped away from that pack and, and re-energized the program and reestablished themselves. Uh, Kirby Smart did the same thing for Georgia. I know there's a lot of credit to Mark Richt and what he was able to establish as a baseline, um, but Kirby Smart did that as well. Florida's failed to do that. Uh, we'll see if Mike Norvell can sustain the one year he had this year and bring Florida State back to prominence. Um, same thing with, again, uh, Michigan is back to prominence with Harbaugh, um, but that may change uh, in short order as well. So um, Nick Saban, the level of consistency that he had once he got that program up and rolling, uh, absolutely incredible. Um, the game is going to miss him. I, I imagine he'll still be involved quite heavily with college, the world of college football, whether that's via an analyst on uh, one of the networks. I think we know which one's likeliest to acquire his services, but you never know. Um, or if he just wants to enjoy some downtime in, in, in his life, I think he's accomplished plenty to deserve that. But uh, look, I, I mean, it is a, a, a situation where we were at the end of the 2023 college football season. It felt like things with the, the obvious storyline here or there, maybe we're ready to die down again, the potential of Jim Harbaugh leaving uh, still, still up there, but that felt like a quick hire, right? We've talked about it. It feels like that immediately gets transfer uh, to Sharon Moore and, and, and things move on there in Ann Arbor. This is a much, much different story with Nick Saban retiring. Um, one, who's the next guy, as we mentioned? Is it Dan Lanning? Is it Lane Kiffin? Is it any of a number of younger um, up-and-comers as, as well? Um, is it James Franklin, Marcus Freeman, 
whoever that guy may be, Mike Norvell. Kalen DeBoer has done a good job, obviously, uh, falling one game short. Um, but but are we looking at the start of a wild coaching carousel? Because there are dominoes that are likely to fall based on who uh, who Alabama brings in. And again, I expect this to be done very, very quickly. I think there is some desperation to get a coach in there to address the players who might be considering hitting the portal. So we will spin this forward. Uh, Garrett is going to drink some tea. Maybe some uh, hot chocolate, get get to, to feeling a little bit better. Uh, you know, throw down a Z-Pack, something like that. Um, and, and we're going to continue to break this down because it's one thing for me to have this news for you as it comes down. But I, I want to get my partner's thoughts on this as well. So when we rejoin you on, uh, on, on Monday morning, we're going to reset a lot of this. We'll keep a discussion of Michigan and, and their national championship shorter. Uh, I, I'm guessing, honestly, by then we have an answer as to who the head coach at Alabama is so Garrett and I will be able to break that down there's certainly some transfer portal news we didn't get to as well um but boy it, it looked like we were ready for an offseason to slow down but potentially the biggest news that you could really imagine at, at this point um is what we're dealing with and that is the retirement of uh, I'll come out and say it uh, until Kirby Smart passes him uh in the next decade or so if He's able to pass him in the next decade or so. Um, the greatest college football coach, uh, at least at the FBS level of all time, uh, has decided to retire. Uh, kudos to Nick Saban. Uh, obviously, thank you for, for all of the incredible teams you have given us. Some incredible games, some incredible moments, uh, both good and bad, right? He's had some great moments. He's had some down moments um, on both ends of that thing. But uh, certainly wish... He is able to enjoy his retirement, uh, although I do get the feeling, like I said, I don't think he'll be too far removed uh, from the game of college football. And I will say this. I will say this. There has been a lot of push and movement towards the idea of a commissioner of college football. If there is a guy I would trust in that role, it would be Nick Saban. I don't know if that's what the future of the sports world has for college football, but um, if Nick Saban would would accept that role, I, I don't think there would be too many people uh, who would veto uh, the possibility of that. With that said, thank you so much for joining me here on College Football Overtime. Again, when we speak to you again on Monday morning, Garrett Chapman will be back in action 100%. And we're going to go through a lot of this again. Uh, I do believe they will have a head coach by then. And we'll see what sort of fallout there is. Um, again, with the transfer portal now open to Alabama players, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who goes in, who stays, um, and what the year is, is going to look like for Alabama a year from now. And, and what the year is going to look like for, again, the coaching carousel. And however it transpires, if it is Dan Lanning, what does Oregon do? If it is uh Washington what do they do Notre Dame I mean all sorts of questions just starting to pull at that first thread of Nick Saban retiring so we have now got a large task in front of us which is uh to follow this story and many others over the course of what you would deem a college football offseason but as it is with many sports no real offseason no real downtime the stories continue the topics and the takes will continue. We look forward to continuing to provide you two college football overtimes 
every week, Monday morning, Thursday morning. We'll make sure we got some content for you. Uh, and I can tell you this, I already look forward to uh, to, to, Thursday, uh, to Monday morning's uh, episode because there's going to be a lot to unravel, and I'll do so with my buddy Garrett Chapman. Uh, for Garrett, who again is under the weather, but we appreciate uh, everything he does for this podcast, uh, I am Abe Gordon, and we will see you on Monday morning with a lot more college football news. It is the College Football Overtime Podcast. Thank you so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, for listening, if you're on any of your other podcast apps, just search College Football Overtime in any app if you'd like to find us on the go. Thank you so much. And boy, it's just getting going. The 2024 college football season. Let's bang it out. Here we go. Thanks so much for joining us.